Greetings and welcome to HVAC Chats, a series of HVAC episodes by Contracting Business and Endeavor Business Media. I'm Terry McIver, Editor-in-Chief of Contracting Business Magazine and Director of Content for ContractingBusiness.com. HVAC Chats offers insights by guest HVAC contractors into their business management challenges and successes, and we will also provide insight by leaders from various HVAC associations on topics of interest to contractors. Our guests have many years of experience, and we thank them for sharing their insights with you, their contractor colleagues, and we also thank you for tuning in to each new episode. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to today's show. Today we're speaking with a gentleman who's been a good friend to contracting business since he first became active in the heating and air conditioning business. Tom Casey Jr., president of Griffin Service in Northeast Florida, serving customers in and around the Jacksonville area. Prior to moving his family to Florida, Tom carved a very high profile as a third generation owner of Climate Partners in Milford, Connecticut. But it didn't take long after he relocated for Tom to realize he wasn't ready to retire. So what did he do? He started Griffin Service in 2016, where he and his team provide air conditioning, plumbing, electrical, and water heater products and services. Tom Casey Jr. was inducted into the Contracting Business HVAC Hall of Fame in 2022 and has been featured in the pages of Contracting Business. And I would like to say hello, Tom, and welcome. Hey, Terry. Thanks for having me. Tom, I've asked you to join us today because I know that you keep your eye on the economy as any business owner should, especially in a seasonal industry such as HVAC, which sells an expensive product to homeowners and one that, right or wrong, is for many a once or twice in a lifetime purchase. Consumer confidence is down due to continued inflation and a cooling job market. And Credit rejections hit their highest mark since June of 2018, and those rejections are now at 21.8%. Inflation is at 6%, and personal debt hit $17 trillion in May of this year. And so, Tom, regardless of the condition of the economy, HVAC has always been seen as an industry that's recession-proof. And it was a mantra of many contractors, and still is, who say they choose not to participate in a recession. But there are some realities that affect consumers that I think you would agree are present, and some of those that I just recited. And how are these data points being reflected in HVAC industry purchase? You know, there are four points that you especially want to hit on. Yeah, there's there's no mystery to anybody that there's there's some economic changes going on and have been going on. Um, I would be one of those guys who su- subscribe to the choose not to participate side of the fence, but that doesn't mean you bury your head in the sand. That means you formulate plans and you take actions accordingly. We have seen credit rejects go up over the course of the summer, and that's kind of forced us to, to anticipate and ask different questions and possibly pick some additional partners along the way. Um, it also has had some some maybe subconscious or psychological effect on some clients because, you know, they're they're being tighter with their money. The gas pump is more money. The grocery store is more money. Things like insurances and medical are up. And so it's just a kind of an uncertain time. And 
you mix into it the political environment, regardless of which side of the fence you fall on, and it just creates uncertainty. And so uh, a confused mind always says no. And in an economy where I'm confused, I don't know which way it's going to go, what's going to happen, my retirement count is down. It just means that we as contractors have to think a little differently and kind of get ourselves into the mindset of the customer and what's going on in their head. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So in what ways can a contractor help with the consumer's decisions um, in terms of things such as uh, repairing versus replace or other options? Well, repair replace has been around since I was a pup in the industry, and it's it's kind of how do we educate our customers to make smart investments. Uh, I know some gurus here and there have turned it into how to sell more stuff, which, yeah, if it's right, you sell it. If it's not, you don't. You you always do the best thing for the customer. In this kind of economic situation, it's it's a more interesting discussion. So we need to think about how the economy and things are affecting them. And um, it means we have to have maybe more robust repair discussions if there's uh, credit declines, if there's apprehension of spending a big investment on a replacement, then maybe we need to do more robust repairs, more thorough repairs um, as part of the repair option. Uh, and that would definitely increase average tickets and things for those folks who fall on that side of the fence. On the other side of that uh, coin or the other side of that fence is going to be the replace option. Now there's things like affordability. How much does it cost? What type of financing might we use? Uh, maybe, for example, uh, no money down plans worked in the past to defray the expense for 12 months, 18 months, or something like that. But maybe now it's just affordable payments for 10 years and, and bundling things differently. So I think that's got to be kind of not how we would go about it because we're contractors. We may be in a better financial position than our customers. But how do our consumers think? You know, we've got to get into their head, what's the conversation in their head, and answer the question in their head about these things. So I think the repair-replace discussion is still a valid one. I just think it's tweaked a little bit, and more robust repair options, more flexibility and affordability in the replace options. And it also sounds like that means the salespeople and the technicians need to become better counselors with customers. Would you agree to that? Yeah, I think that's that's not new, but maybe it's more uh, nuanced. It always is about the customer. Um, I always disagreed with going in with multiple options without talking to the customer and building the options together. You know, now I'm selling you. I'm just kind of uh, pushing on you a bunch of things you don't even understand or didn't ask for. So now in this environment, it's more about... Uh, doing a thorough inquiry, understanding what they're looking to accomplish, doing a thorough inspection of everything, not just the immediate problem, but what caused it, how do we prevent it, how do we enhance it, and then educating the customer on what we found, why we found it, what causes this, do you know how this works, you know what happens if you do this or you don't do that, and then what options should we build, we build them together, then we come back with the investment and say, here's the options you asked for versus here's some random options that you didn't ask for. So that's the, the slow down kind of effect in the field, uh, if that makes sense. Let's, let's love the one we're with. Let's slow down. Let's take care of them to the best degree possible. At Griffin, we tell them, let's give them the full Griffin experience. Let's not shortchange them from what they deserve to wow them. 
Great. And with that comes the need for people. And as you know, there have been severe recruiting challenges across the industry. How are things going in Florida and perhaps in any other states you've heard about from colleagues as far as the employment picture? Well, there's a couple things that go with the economic and, you know, sort of strategic changes. One of them is people, right? One of them is leads. How do I get the calls to put the people on? Um, and then another one, of course, is just the execution of products and systems and things. So <clears throat> if I back up a little bit and talk about leads, leads are going to become, in this, in this situation, we're seeing marketing costs rise in all types of media. Things are costing more money, typically. Um, there's less people in that buying mode because of those economic factors. So there's more demand on the leads, more contractors trying to pull from less leads, and that drives up the price of the leads. So that's a big deal to have enough work to keep those employees busy, right? I have to have enough calls, enough leads. I think there's been a mentality in the past that there's a silver bullet. And I'm here to tell you there's not a silver bullet. Um, marketing investment is like a portfolio, like a 401k. You spread your risk between tech stocks and blue chips and mutual funds or whatever. Um, marketing's the same way. You spread your risks between digital and direct mail and media because they all have a place and they all stack and support each other. There's a temptation in this time to cut back on marketing and go deeper into digital. And that might work for some folks, but I don't think it's a long-term strategy. I think digital rises. Digital doesn't build your brand the same way. And by the way, I love digital and participate in it. I'm a full advocate of it. So don't take this as our own way. It's just, no. you can't be a one trick no. pony, right? You got to have this balance effect. Right. So I think people, um, now, because they're being more thoughtful in their purchases, they're paying more attention to their mailbox. You know, in mail, they get to touch and hold and keep and hang on the fridge. And, and you know, especially if there's frequency and you deliver the right message and it's not, you know, about me, the contractor, but it's what's in it for them. Um, direct mail is a fantastic way to stack and support your digital. And same with, with media, you know, doing radio, TV, those all those things have to work together now more than ever because you've got to uh, keep that marketing cost in line and still generate the adequate number of calls. I believe right now that brand matters more maybe than it ever has in my career, being the company they think of first and trust the most when they have a need. So that's a lot of marketing. Now that also leads to employees. So I can't hire employees if I don't have calls for them to run or jobs for them to do, but I also can't attract employees if I don't have those same strong brands, right? So. Right. Do right. prospective employees, other you know, technicians and installers working in the market, think of your brand first and trust that they can have a career there most. Do people who are potentially looking for a career change think of your brand first and trust that they can build their career most. The, the industry uh, in general has shortcomings, but just like the economy, things happen for us, not to us, in my opinion. So this employee shortage is forcing our industry to get better or get beaten, right? So it's forcing us to develop paid internship programs, forcing us to develop in-house training, forcing us to leverage online training to level up and build our own technicians, to level up and raise technicians from entry level to standard level to advanced level. So I think that this economy is an amazing opportunity. 
there's also going to be winners and losers as contractors where some contractors aren't going to make it or some contractors are going to have to really start cutting back on marketing cost. I don't recommend against it, but a lot of them, that's the first lever of their pull. Um, they'll start cutting back on recruiting costs. They'll start, start cutting back on pay and benefits and raises. And that lets contractors who get this right be the, the employer of choice for maintaining great benefits, providing opportunities to make more money, providing opportunities for uh, career advancement. So there's going to be a little parity in this, both on the marketing side, who gets the balance right, who's got the bright brand, who's got the right kind of overall package of all of digital and mail and media combined, and who has the jobs as a result, the calls to run, and the pay and the benefits and the bonuses and all the things. Those things are married together hand in hand. Wow. Right. And how has things been going? How have things been going for Griffin Service this summer? Busy summer, real hot. Um, I think there's been a little bit of change in the consumer mentality. I think we've have a higher demand, higher expectation with maybe less patience, um, more price sensitivity a little bit. So it's sort of a, a little bit of a perfect storm there. Um, I think consumer minds are changing. They're used to clicking on uh, Amazon and having something delivered to the door, potentially even same day. And so when there's a huge demand of um, service or install or whatever, and maybe you can't meet all of the expectations of all of the demand, great problem to have, by the way. But um, some consumers, they take it to maybe a more uh, intense level than I've seen in the past, but that's awesome. They're passionate about it. We love it. Um, I think that... Um, Pricing is always a challenge. I think, you know, we've, we've got a lot of things going on uh, post-COVID, and you throw in um, the, the, the finance challenges or the mindset from customers. Um, it just, uh, it's a lot of business to have, just maybe a little bit more uh, sweat to get it, uh, a little more strategy, a little more planning and executing to continue to evolve. So, what I'd say about summer in Griffin this year is um, it's different than it's been in the past, so it's been a great time evolving and, and kind of adapting to it. Great. That's good to hear. And as the fall season, such as it is in Florida, is upon us, any concluding messages or advice you'd like to impart to contractors listening in? Yeah, I think that uh, let's take a lesson from our, our customers and their concerns of the economy. And by concern, I mean they're just paying more attention to their money and their budgets. We should be doing the same thing. Uh, again, from the time I was a pup in this industry, I was told, know your numbers, know your numbers. Well, what does that really mean? Uh, in the digital age and social media age, I would caution, don't, don't believe everything you hear. Uh, social media is like an infomercial on TV. Uh, it's not all reality. You're seeing the best possible thing. And there's a lot of ulterior motives with some of these gurus making promotions out there and side deals and promoting things. And it's just not as transparent as we might wish it was. That in mind, know your own numbers. You know, I can tell you what my numbers are for various KPIs. That doesn't mean they're your numbers. And so there's going to be a huge focus on performing more tasks per call, uh, getting higher average dollars per call because there might be less calls to run. Uh, getting really efficient in preserving the gross profit, 
um, making sure we're not diluting that by not keeping up with cost overruns or managing our labor well. And then really taking a look at our OPEX and where we can save money and maybe getting to the point of nice to have versus essentials. And where can we streamline and tighten up a little bit to thrive through whatever's going on? So my takeaway is know your own numbers. Don't delegate your number responsibility to somebody else. Slow down, take the time. It's the old measure twice, cut once type of thing. You don't want to go through thinking something's working and it's not and find out three months, six months later that you did all that work and didn't get the results you wanted. Absolutely. Great advice, Tom. And I want to thank you for joining me today for this edition of HVAC Chats, Tom. Thanks for having me. I love it. You're very welcome. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. I'm Terry McIver. Have a great day. That wraps up this episode of HVAC Chats. Thank you, as always, to our guests and to you, our beloved listeners. If this is your first time listening to HVAC Chats, be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. And if you are a regular listener, please share the podcast with your colleagues who would find our episodes valuable. Until our next episode, you can find us on contractingbusiness.com. This is Terry McIver. Have a great day, everybody.